celebrate the birth of the Lord Jesus. In, in other words, we got to be careful that we keep the focus on him and on, not on us. Keep the focus on others and not ourselves. See, some think that Christmas can be a dangerous time of the year for Christians because it has become so commercialized that we have lost, the, lost sight of the gift that was born in a manger by focusing more on the gifts that are under the tree. Now, don't get me wrong. There's nothing scripturally wrong with giving and receiving gifts during this time of the year. But we, we must not allow the gifts that we give or receive to outshine the gift that was given to us. God gave us a gift in the form of a king and a savior. And he is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And he is the savior of the world. And so today we're going to look at several events that surround, this, surround Jesus' birth announcements. And we're going to look at it from the, the writings of both Matthew and Luke. And so if you would, just go ahead and turn to Matthew uh, 2, 1 through 6. Now, Matthew did not record as many details of Jesus' birth as Luke did. However, his is the only record of the visit by the three wise men when they came to make the announcement to King Herod. And these wise men had traveled a thousand miles to see the king of the Jews. Somebody say the king. They came looking for the king of the Jews. Hence, that's why we entitled today's message, The King and the Savior. So it's one thing to understand him as being born the king, but it's also important for us to understand that he is born the Savior. Amen? And so we're going to just use a couple passages from these two writings to kind of make that point today that he is both the king and the Savior. Amen? Now, in Matthew chapter 2, 1 through 6, you'll find it says, Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea. Now, Bethlehem was a tiny place. Wasn't a big city like, you know, a major city that we have here in the United States. So it was not a likely place where people would think that the king would come from. But he was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. About the time, that time, some wise men from the east Eastland arrived in Jerusalem asking, where is the newborn, somebody say king, where is the newborn king of the Jews? We have seen his star, somebody say his star. We have seen his star as it rose and we have come to worship him, somebody say worship him. Now a couple things I want you to see. We see here that they acknowledge him as being the king to another king which is going to cause some problems. You know, Herod wasn't a nice guy. In fact, he was ruthless. And so for them to come in and make an announcement about another king coming on the scene, that would upset matters for him. But also we see in there, they identify him as they were following his star. Somebody say his star. See, you got to understand, he is the star of the show. And when you look at your tree with that nice little star, at the top, you got to get the picture that it represents Jesus, not just an ornament that you put at the top of the tree, 
to accent your tree. See, you got to make a connection, and your children need to make a connection to that star. So when they ask you, if you do worship, and if you do have trees in your house, and you put a star at the top of the tree, you need to explain. Amen. They need to know why that star is up there and what it represents, because if not, then what's under the tree is going to be the star. Y'all don't want to hear me today. You just need to tell the truth to little Johnny or Mary. The reason you got something under the tree is because the star on He is the star. But we have made Christmas about everybody else except him. So now our children have become the, the star. Amen. And so we do everything for them and others, and that's, I made it clear. I'm not hating on, I brought my kids gifts. I ain't got no problem with you buying your kids gifts. But when they look up and see the star, make sure they know what it represents. Even if you put an angel up there, make sure that you make a connection because the Christmas story got angels in it. Amen. And so you got to make it mean something to them or else they're going to lose focus of why you are doing it and it's going to become all about the things under the tree instead of the one who is the gift of gifts, who is the king, and he is the star. And guess what? As the king and star, they came to worship him. Amen. Christmas is about his birthday, so it ought to be about us worshiping God, I know, I, know it's New Year, I know it's Christmas Eve and it's tomorrow and, and, and a lot of churches. T- can you imagine some churches cancel today's service because they didn't want to upset some of their members? They want to be so convenient so their members could be at home cooking and celebrating and having fun on Jesus' birthday. Now, I don't even know how you do that unless the star is no longer the. Don't worry, I'm not. I'm not. This is not one of those messages. Y'all gonna be joyful when you leave here. So, but but, but I just gotta bring it into focus, amen. Because if we don't keep things in the focus, then something else will be worshipped instead of Him. Wherever you place your affection, whatever has the key in the center of your heart, that is what you will probably. Worship. But they say we've traveled all this for to worship him. Now look at this. Verse 3 says, King Herod was deeply disturbed when he heard this, as was everyone in Jerusalem. Now the king get disturbed because another king had been born and he didn't know about it. And if he did, he didn't think this guy would come and take his place. And because of that, you have to understand that later on, I don't have time to tie that to the story, but I mean, when the wise men didn't come back and tell him where Jesus was, that when they found him, King Herod was such an evil dude that he just went out and started killing all the babies, two years old and younger. All because he was threatened by this newborn king. And this king did not come for any earthly power to take his seat 
This king came to be the savior of the world and to rule our hearts and our minds. But because this king did not understand that, talking about Herod, he decided that he would do something very evil just to ensure that this newborn king would never achieve his throne. Now look at this. Verse 3 says, Herod was deeply disturbed when he heard this, as was everyone else in Jerusalem. Well, he was upset because he heard the announcement. They was upset because they feared what was going to happen to him as a result of what was going to happen to them as a result of him hearing this message. And so what we got to understand is that Jesus did not come to put panic and fear in the hearts and minds of people. He came to be a blessing to people. Now look at this. This is what he did. King Herod, he called a meeting of the leading priests and teachers and relig of religious law and asked, where is the Messiah supposed to be born? Now his motivation for calling this meeting was not to go and worship him and not to shower him with gifts, but his motivation was so that he could kill him. And so what we got to understand, now I'm going to just make this a natural uh, parallel instead of uh, the one that's here in the Bible, just kind of, see, we can't let things kill the spirit of Christmas. It's already under attack from so many other places and so many other religious beliefs because there's arguments out there, was Christ really born in December? The shepherds were still out in the field, and normally they wouldn't be out in the field when it's cold in December. They would already be gone. So we won't argue whether or not December the 25th is his real birthday. Because somebody could probably shoot that argument down. Some would probably argue, well, it was the 21st because that's the time of the winter equinox. And so therefore the pagans used to celebrate that. And so maybe because some pagans came into Christianity, we just threw Jesus' birthday during the same time they were going to be celebrating some pagans type thing. That may be the case. But the Bible says he the star. The Bible says that he was born. It's not important to me when he was born. It's important that he was born. And because he was born and we have decided to celebrate his birthday during this month, then we got to make it all about him. But in reality, we can celebrate him every day of the... We, we don't have to wait to December to do what can be done in January, February, and March. So now he called a meeting of the leading priests and teachers of religious law and asked, where's the Messiah supposed to be born? In Bethlehem in Judea, they said, for this is what the prophet wrote. So Micah had wrote about this some 700 years before, and this is what he wrote. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not least among the ruling cities of Judah, for a ruler, somebody say ruler, for a ruler will come from you who will be the shepherd for my people Israel. So in other words, the prophet had prophesied that a Messiah was going to be born and he was going to come and be a ruler over God's people. Now that rulership expanded far greater than just Israel. Amen. Jesus is the Savior and the ruler of the world. That's why we say he's king of king and lord of lord. So he's bigger than what was prophesied there because that was this book of Matthew was written primarily to Jews. 
And so therefore, since we understand that he was born to be a ruler, then now what you got to accept out of that is that when are you going to allow him to rule you? It's all right to read about what he's supposed to be to the Jews, but major, can he rule you? Can he be your king? Rob, can, can he call the shots in your life? Or, or, or you still see him as this little baby that we celebrate once a year instead of being the king of your life who's going to rule your life for 365 days? Put a whole different meaning on Christmas. See, and that's what you got to teach your children, not about what's under the tree, but who's supposed to be ruling their lives. Because once they understand who's supposed to be ruling their life, it'll bring what's under the tree in perspective. It won't take priority over the ruler. Oh, Lord, somebody say amen. I ain't here but one amen over there. So talk, I appreciate you for that, amen. I need that. that because your amen, that made me want to go to the next one. I, I know, look, y'all loosen up. I need to walk around. I'm trying to get out of here early today, but y'all going to make me stay up here to my full time. I, I told them, I, I know y'all mind it already on, on Christmas dinner and all that, but let's talk about the king and the savior for a little bit. Is that all right? Y'all said it's kind of tight, like y'all said, are we really supposed to be here today? You know, we should have shut down like some other churches. The praise team all on vacation. We ain't had no music. And I, I just listened to y'all. Y'all weren't ready to celebrate nobody. I wasn't supposed to go there, but since y'all going to make me work today, I might as well go ahead and put my whole heart in this thing because I just came to read y'all something and let's go home. But y'all really making me work today, so y'all got to get with the program. This is not a vacation Sunday. You still in church, so we just got to worship him. Amen? Amen? So you got to get with it, pay attention, follow <laughs> and respond to the things I'm saying. Amen? Amen. <laughs> making it hard, man. Making it hard. So now we've established that Jesus is the king and the ruler. Then in Luke chapter 1, you know, we know that the wise men left and he, they went and searched for Jesus. And when they found him, you know, they was wise enough not to go back to Herod. And then we're going to see this later on. We start talking about, you know, how God used Egypt to hide Jesus. That ain't the Christmas story. That, that'll be the New Year's story. That'll be the February story. So when the king had to be hid, God sent him to Africa. But don't let me get ahead, but y'all can read on because the Bible talk about that. Yeah, out of Africa I brought my son. Good God Almighty. Little baby. Went to Africa. Y'all in Luke chapter 1. <laughs> Look at this. In verse 28, 28 through 33, verse 28 through 33, here we see the angel Gabriel announcement to Mary about the birth of Jesus. And from this passage, we clearly see that Jesus was born to be the king and to rule over a kingdom that has no end. So let me just read this real quick for you in Luke chapter 1. Again, Luke going into great details. won't try to cover all the things that Luke said, but I do want to cover a couple points that he makes in this uh, chapter, in chapter 2. Look at this. In verse 28, it says, Gabriel appeared 
to her and said, Greetings, favorite woman. Somebody say favorite woman. Now, now Mary found favor with God not because she was sinless. See, some people think because she found favor and God chose her, God chose to share his, bless her with his favor to be the mother of our Lord and Savior. But guess what? That don't mean she was without. It just means that she found favor with God. Because if, if, you, if you lose sight of that, you would think that the Bible is not true where it says all have sinned and come short of the glory. If, if Mary was sinless, we wouldn't have needed Jesus. She could have been the, the Savior. But God chose her and considered her to be a favorite woman. Now, look, get this, ladies. Because you are a child of God and you believe in a Jesus that you have not seen, you favored already. Amen. You know, you blessed already. You know, when they came to Jesus at, at the time for him to die, and someone said, you know, man, your mama must be blessed. And, and he said, blessed is everybody who believe in me and have not seen. And so, ladies, I just dropped by to tell you as well as the brothers here today, but since he's talking about the lady, that you got to see yourself as being favored by God. And because you see yourself as being favored by God, don't diminish your relationship with God. Y'all better hear me today. Because if he could see her as being favored, you just as favored because you believe in something. You're here today worshiping someone that you have never seen. And so therefore, you got to say, I'm favored. We are favored by God because we want to worship him. We want to worship the Lord. We want to recognize his son. But at the same time, if you want to find favor, this is for the general audience here, if you want to find favor in the time that we're living in, then all you got to do is just love folk. You want to know, well, what do I need to do to get in favor with God? Just love folk. This is a good time of the year, man, to just pick somebody, pick several folk, just show them some love. You want to find favor with God? Just have some joy during this time of the year. And don't kill everybody off. Don't kill everybody at Christmas. Some of y'all are going to be buzz killers at Christmas dinner. Before we even get through saying the grace, you're going to be, oh. And I say, well, why do you, why do you, we, we can't, we, you know. And you're here today to hear me tell you that if you want to find favor with God, bring the joy. Bring the joy to the table tomorrow, wherever you meet, wherever you be. Bring the joy. Don't bring nobody sorrow. Amen. You want to find favor with God? Bring some peace with you when you go around your kinfolks, when you talk to them. There are very practical ways that we can find favor with God even though we are not in the same position as Mary. And so during this season, we ought to walk in God's favor. Because he says, look, the Lord is with you. When we walk in God's favor, the Lord is with us. And with him on our side, he's more than the world against us. Now look at verse 29. Now she was confused. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. So the angel came back and explained, don't be afraid, Mary. The angel told her, 
for you have found favor with God. And this is what you're going to do. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will call his name, somebody say Jesus. Jehovah saves. That's why we get, you know, he is our savior, our salvation. In the Old Testament, they use words like salvation to talk about Jesus being, or the Lord being their savior. The one who rescued them, who provided for them, who protected them. He is the savior. So therefore, he saves us. And that's what you have to see, and your children need to know, that Jesus saves them. If, if you don't let them get that message before they open up all that, they're going to open up at 12.01 tonight, some of them at 9 o'clock. Let, let me just try this. Y'all, I, I would love for y'all, those of you who got kids, so this ain't for everybody, but those who got kids, if you're online got kids. Before you open up, the present with them. Just take two minutes and give them a king and savior story. And just take two minutes, just talk about the star at the top of the tree. Just make them, put them on hold for just two little minutes. Get the stopwatch so they'll know. Because you're going to find out you got some very impatient children. And for some of them, two minutes don't seem like eternity. You're going to find out how much they respect you when you put them on hold for just two, two minutes. They're going to still give what's theirs, but we're just going to take two minutes to acknowledge the star. And so we got to understand, if we want to find favor with God, man, we got to understand all we got to do is acknowledge Jesus Christ as being our Savior. So now look at this. Verse 32 says, he will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. Acknowledging his Lordship. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, kingship. And he will reign over Israel. That's what kings do. And he's going to do this forever because his kingdom will have no end. And so what we see here is that Luke is clearly establishing that we have a king and that he's going to rule the world forever. And, and when we read on to the end of Matthew, when it talks about his charge to the disciples, he makes it, make it known to us that all power and authority in heaven and in earth is going to be given to him. Amen. And so therefore, if we understand that now at his birth, then that ought to help us live in a way so that we can understand his death even even better. He was the king before he got to the cross. He was born the king. He was the savior before he got to the cross. That was just the culmination of everything that God had planned. But what we got to understand, from birth he was a king. Amen. From birth he was the savior. And his name represents that. 
Joshua is what it would have been in Hebrew, or Yeshua, and it just means what I said. Yahweh saves. The Lord saves. Now let me close real quick. I said I wasn't going to be long. And uh, Luke chapter 2. Here we will see the announcements to the shepherds who were in their fields. And, and, and they was keeping watch over their flock. And what we're going to see, this announcement, you know, God had a way of doing things. This announcement is not coming from some high up religious leader, some high up government official. Man, God saw fit to just go get some ordinary people. People who were looked down on. See, shepherds were not normally looked favorably upon. People looked down on shepherds. They were kind of like outcasts in a lot of situations. And so God is using people who were looked down upon to announce the birth of his son. No different than when Jesus identified himself to the lady at the well. A Samaritan woman who was looked down upon, but she got a revelation from him that he was the savior of the world. And she got that revelation before a lot of Jewish religious leaders got the revelation. And so my point is that God can use the least and give them a powerful message that can talk to the mighty. And what you got to see is you're a vessel that God wants to use to share this story about his son's birth. So that's why Christmas got to be more than just about presents. Ain't got no problem with the present. I used to buy presents for my kids, so they had a tr present tree full of presents. Okay, I'm just too old to go shopping now. I just don't. I ain't got the time. My patience ain't where it used to be, brother JP. So I ain't getting in line for none of them. I ain't getting in line. If 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 Benjamin won't work, nothing won't work. And if if they don't want that gift, they can give it back. Amen. I give him to you. You go by whatever you, I'm happy, and I hope you. Amen. I ain't, I ain't got time to be in line. Amen. I'm just joking with you right now because yesterday I was, I was tempted to go to Sam's. And the line to make that left turn coming up bill was down by the gas station where you cross the Pelham. And I said, I don't love what I'm going to shop for that much. At 70 years old, I ain't got time to be waiting 10 minutes in line just to get to the light. So immediately, I just changed my plans and went another way. Amen. And so what I'm trying to get you to see is that we got to understand that, that sometimes when God is trying to get our attention, don't always think that it got to be from someone in high esteem. God can use you to get his message out. And so therefore, when he choose to use you, then you got to share that message with joy, just like these shepherds. So look at this. In verse 8 of Luke chapter 2, it says, that night there were shepherds stand in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks, their flock of sheep. In other words, at night, shepherds used to normally come and kind of bring their flocks together 
in order to protect them and provide for them. Because at that time, people would come, not just wolves, but you know, that was sheep rustlers. People come and steal your stuff. And so these shepherds were out in the field, and they were guarding their flock. And then look what it says. And suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared to them. And the radiance, and they're talking about the majesty of the Lord's glory surrounded them. And they were terrified. Now, can you imagine being out in this field at night, looking up in the sky, and you thought you saw the brightest star, and all of a sudden, a light shined brighter than the stars that you were looking at? I can imagine that probably got their attention. You know, sometimes when you're going to make an announcement, you got to get some people's attention. Amen? That's why, you know, when you go to ceremonies and all y'all chatting around the table, when the speaker get up, they start tapping on the glass. Because if I don't tap on something to get your attention, what you're talking about is going to override what I'm about to talk about. So I got to tap on the glass and say, hey, I got a message. And, I, and you don't need to be giving your message while I'm giving. Some of y'all have been speakers before. You know that. Ain't nothing that frustrates you more while you're up there trying to speak your little heart out. And you see folk. You just want to tap on the thing. So God used this to get their attention. And look at this. And when he got their attention, they were terrified, the Bible says. But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid. He said, I bring you good news. Somebody said good news. Good news that will bring great joy to all people. So what you got is supposed to be good news. So during this time of Christmas and what we celebrate is birth, when you go to wherever you're going, take some, take some good news. And when you get there, Brother Ronnie, bring the people some joy. I mean, if you ain't going to bring your joy with you wherever you're going, don't go. Amen. <laughs> and, and he said you got to have great joy. <laughs> See, We sing songs probably based upon this passage right here. We just sing joy to the world. The Lord is coming. Talk about silent night. All types of songs that we sing is centered around these verses that I'm reading to you today. You know, There's a song I think angels we have seen or heard on high. Somebody probably read this. And believe that these shepherds got a message from some angels that they were supposed to deliver to everybody they came in contact with. So look at this. He told them, don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news. Somebody say good news again. Good news that will bring great joy 
to all people, not some people, but to all people. What you got is good for everybody, regardless of their race, creed, color, national origin, or previous condition of servitude. You got good news. And when people see you during this season, that's what you should be relaying is, man, turn off all the other news for, for a day or two and just share. You can share the bad news anytime. You're going to outrun the good news anyway, but just for this time, just make it in your heart. Make a, a commitment that, hey, man, today I'm just going to share good. When people come to you with these bad news stories after this service today, kill it, kill it. I want to hear you ain't finna rob my joy. You know what I saw when I went to church? Nope, 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 nope. You ain't finna rob my joy. <laughs> I, I left church with some joy. Now you finna come and rob my... Somebody say great joy. Talk to you. You know some of your family members would be happy if you just showed up with if you send them one of those nice, great joy texts once you leave here today, not something that you just generate, you just hit a button and they pop up, somebody wrote it for you, just put one of your joyful texts out there to your family. Send them a message of great. You may surprise some people because I'm sure there are some people that think you're not capable of expressing joy. But it's amazing how we can express sorrow and craziness, but when it's something that God wants us to express, we find it difficult to do. So we got good news that will bring great joy to all people. Then here's the good news. The Savior, where we started, yes, the Messiah, the Lord. You kind of see all of this all wrapped up in the one. If you look at this real close, you see the Savior, Messiah. Then the Lord, that, that Lordship is just talking about kingship. That's why we say that when we accept Jesus Christ, we make him our Lord and, not Lord or. Savior. And I think a lot of people put all in the place of and, and so therefore, I want his saviorship. I want him to be that Messiah. I want him to be my deliverable, liver, deliverer, but I don't want him to be my Lord. Because if I make him my Lord, that means that now he controls things, things and he calls the shots. So everybody wants a Savior, but nobody wants the King. Amen. And so I'm here to encourage you today to make him the king of your life so that he can have some authority in your life and make some decision that's going to be a blessing to your life. So we see here the Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. He said, now look, the angel tell him, and you will recognize him, identify him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped in wrapped snugly, uh, somebody, some of your Bible says uh, swaddling clothes, in stripes of clothes, living in a, you know, the message wasn't go to the palace, don't go to some fancy house, you ain't going nowhere like that to look for the savior of the world, you're going to go to a barn. You know, that just don't look like a star ought to be born in a barn in a horse, a horse trough or whatever kind of trough that is that feeds animals, it just don't seem like the savior of the world and a king should be born under those conditions. But God do things that don't make sense to the natural man in order to confound them. And what you got to say is that where you're born don't determine what God want to use you for. 
I mean, some of you think that if you was born on this avenue or that avenue, it's going to make you a better person. But look, there's some lives of people born on every street, in the hood and out of the hood. Amen. So what I'm trying to tell you, your place of birth has no, make no difference when it comes to your worth to God. Amen. So don't let people hold where you were born and how you were born. And I've said this for years, man. You, you, you may have been conceived on the back seat of a 55 Chevrolet. Amen. But you're here now. And God got a purpose for you now. And so where you were born and how you was born has nothing to do with how God wants you to worship his son. Because his son was born for you regardless of where you was born and how you was. So we understand that if our Savior can be born in a manger, the fact that you weren't born in a big hospital, you know, men in my generation, we didn't know what no hospital was. You know, when I asked my mom, then, well, what hospital was I born in? They said, what? <laughs> hospital? So, I mean, went down that room right there. Well, at that time, they didn't explain midwife and how all that stuff worked. I'm just thinking, we just too poor. We just too poor. But I didn't realize that there were some powerful people delivered by midwives. So you're going to recognize them by this sign. And now look at this. Suddenly, the angel joined, was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying. Now look at this. So now we see this praise and worship thing come back into play. They make the announcement, and then all the angels in heaven start rejoicing. And so therefore, if the angels in heaven rejoice at his birth, then we on earth are supposed to rejoice too. We are supposed to be happy. We are supposed to show that we love him and we are affectionate toward him by rejoicing and letting the world know that the Savior is born. He is more important than the toys. He is more important than the present. They are okay, but they are not the star. They are not the reason that you got this tree in your house. Amen. If it wasn't for him, and you, well, that tree is another issue. I don't even get there right now. But, but, but you got it. And since you got it, put a star on top of it. Amen. Put a star on top of it. And as you put that star on the top of it, explain to your children so they would explain to your grandchildren what the meaning of this season really is. Because it comes to do one thing. Here it says, look, once the angels in heaven, the whole armies of heaven started to praise God, look what they start saying. Glory to God in highest heaven, and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. Wow. So now, if we understand that, then we understand that God wants us to have peace while we're here on earth. And he's not talking about right now peace with each other. He's talking about peace with him. You're supposed to be able to live out your life here on earth and you're no longer at odds with God. You're no longer God's enemy. Because of Jesus, you should have peace. That's why Isaiah called him the prince of peace. He came so that during this season, you will have peace with God. And by having peace with God, you ought to be able to have peace with mankind. And so therefore, as we focus on this and we sing praise and we glorify him and magnify him, we raise our voices up thanking him and giving him praise for counting us worthy to be in his family, but at the same time, 
forgiven us peace. Peace. You know, when you look at greeting cards, just see how many of them got something to do with peace and joy on all those greeting cards that we sent out to people. People expect to experience peace during this season. You can't account for peace over in the Middle East, but you can account for it in your house. You can make sure that joy and peace is in your house. Amen. I think uh, Brother Latham said this, and I don't want to put a downer what he said at the end of his message. Something to the effect that the first week in January, it's what, divorce week or something like that, he said? Yeah. So, if I use my just simple deductive reasoning, that means that there's some married folks that is miserable right now, today, when they're supposed to be celebrating the Lord and having peace and joy. They're going through the motions because they got the kids. Want to put on the front. But once January 1 hit, and that shouldn't be the case if our focus is on him and the love and the peace and the joy that he wants us to experience in this life with ourselves as well as with one another. It hurt my heart when he gave that statistic. And these statistics involve church folk. Now, I'm, I'm praying a blessing on striving that ain't none of y'all sitting here waiting online and in the house on January 2. I'm believing that ain't none of our members going to be going to the divorce court. Because they understand who is responsible for that relationship and what that relationship means to him. And that they're going to do everything in their power to keep that relationship intact. So yes, Jesus is the reason for the season. And yes, whatever you do from this point on today through tomorrow, do it with joy and peace. Can I get somebody to say joy, joy. And, peace. and peace? Now shout it, joy, joy. And, peace. and peace. Sound like you're the angel that came down to help the other angel say joy, joy. And, peace. and peace. Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. <laughs> Hallelujah. 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 Every head bow and every eye closed. Every head bow and every eye closed. We have several appeals that we want to make even if you're in the house or online. Our first appeal is for salvation. If you're here and you're online and you've not made Jesus the Lord of your life, truly this would be a wonderful time to give your life to the Savior of the world, to make him the king of your life. If that is your desire, whether you're online or in the house, please raise your hand. If you're online, just send us a message to let us know that that is your desire, and we will contact you if you send us an instant message of some sort. There are multiple ways that you can contact us, and so we're looking forward to hearing from you if that is your desire. I see no hands in the house. Then my second appeal is for the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking of the tongue. That's a gift from God that if you desire...
this gift, God will not withhold it from you. It has nothing to do with your salvation. Your salvation is based upon your faith. But there is the Holy Spirit that God wants to empower us with. And again, it is a gift, so that means that everybody may not want to receive this gift. But if you do, and if you want to know more about it, and you believe that by faith you can receive this, raise your hand. We have ministers that will uh, minister to you and touch and agree with you and believe that you too can be filled with this spirit with the evidence of speaking another tongue. Please raise your hand. Please raise your hand. Then my third appeal is for membership. If you're here and you're looking for a church home, even if you're online and you desire to be a part of this fellowship, this body, then we would love to have you. Please raise your hand. If you're in the house, please raise your hand. If you're online, just send us an instant message and let us know what your desires are. Please raise your hand. Please raise your hand. Please raise your hand. Then my last appeal is for prayer. And since this is the Christmas season, we just got through talking about the Savior, the star, and all that. Why don't everybody just come to the altar? Just everybody come to the altar. And I'm going to ask Brother Rob Daniels to, to get a mic. And just lead us in a prayer for this season. For those people who are online that may just need to hear the word of God through a prayer. Those of you who are coming to the altar, the Bible says you can come boldly before the throne of God, you know, so that you may obtain mercy in your time of trouble and need. But you can also come as an intercessor. You can intercede for some of your family members who may be going through some things during this season. There's a lot of things that's positive happened during this season, but there are also a lot of negative things happen during this season. People are more prone to commit suicide during this very season. People are more prone to get depressed and lonely during this very season. So if you know that someone's out there that's in no state, then I encourage you to lift them up because everybody should have some joy, some peace during this season. Brother Rob, 